How about your Valentine's Day? Maybe some of you celebrated, maybe some of you didn't, maybe some of you say, I'm glad it's over with, or maybe you enjoyed it. It's kind of one of those funny holidays. You see, Valentine's Day really, originally, was a Christian holiday. But now it's gotten secularized. It's kind of like Easter's gotten secularized with Easter Bunny and Christmas with all the gifts and commercialism and claws and all the different things. Valentine's Day has kind of a strange history. We're not exactly sure all the information about Valentine's Day, but the most reliable story is that it was it's named after a pastor in the early church in the 300s whose name was Valentine. It was still under the persecution of the Roman emperor, and Valentine was a pastor who cared about marriage and about fat people and about love. And he got put in prison by the emperor of Rome, Claudius, for performing weddings for soldiers. You see, the, the emperor had said soldiers cannot marry because they're not good fighters if they're married. So all the soldiers could not. None of the soldiers in the Roman army at that time could get married. So he would do secret weddings against the law. And he also ministered to Christians who were being persecuted. And so the Roman emperor had him thrown in prison and was going to execute him. He would become a martyr, like many others were being. And while he was in prison, the jailer had a daughter, supposedly who was blind, and he asked Valentine if he would pray for his daughter for healing, and he did, and God answered the prayer, and a daughter got her eyesight back. And so he had a kind of a relationship with the daughter, even though he was in prison. And then when the day came for his execution, he wrote a note to the daughter, and he signed it, from your Valentine. And then he was executed on February the 14th. And so later, the church declared Valentine to be a saint, for willing to show love and concern. And February 14th was set aside to celebrate love and care, and reaching out to people, just as Valentine, the pastor, had done. And so it was known as a day of caring and love and sharing, but then it became more commercialized as the years went on, So now it's associated, it's associated with flowers, cards, candy, uh, fellowship. And did you, you know each state has a special food that's supposed to celebrate on Valentine's Day. Did you have Oregon special food on Valentine's Day? You know what it is? Oregon has its own special food you're supposed to eat on Valentine's Day. Well, it's cheese fondue. Anybody have cheese fondue on Valentine's Day? I suppose it's because of Tillamook cheese, you know. But anyway, that's Oregon's special food to celebrate on Valentine's Day. But it's interesting that the concept got changed, and so we kind of lost the history of Valentine's Day. But it's named after a pastor in the church named Valentine. And so when you say, be my Valentine, you're saying, hey, I want you to be a friend of mine. And of course, if it's romantically involved with your spouse or with your boyfriend or girlfriend, you're giving messages of love. And the Bible has a lot to say about love. In the NIV, it depends on the translation, of course, because sometimes different ones translate differently. 
But at the NIV, which most of us are used to, the New International Version, the word love appears 551 times. 319 in the Old Testament, 232 in the New Testament. For a total of 551 times that the Bible talks about love. Primarily God's love and love for one and our love for one another. And that's what the scripture lessons talk about today, didn't they? The scripture mentions about love and what God's love is about. The last part of the Old Testament, it says, Therefore choose life that you and your offspring may live, loving the Lord your God, obeying his voice, and holding fast to him. For he is your life and length of days, that you may dwell in the land and the Lord swore swore to your fathers. And so there, if you want to be peaceful in your land and you want to be blessed, you are to love the Lord, obeying his voice, hold fast to him. And when that doesn't happen, you can expect trouble, as God told the Israelites as they crossed over into the promised land. In the epistle lesson, it was said, for we know love, what? That he laid down his life for us, that we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. Let us love not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. Good words for us to hear, again, in this world and confused world in which we live. And then, of course, as we heard in the gospel lesson, that verse that is so often, probably the most quoted verse in Scripture, John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son. That when we believe in him, we have eternal life. Amazing. Wonderful gift to us. And then, as the second part of John said, by this all people will know that you are disciples. If you have love, love for one another. Sometimes in this world in which we live, as it has been in the past, down through centuries, we get so sidetracked that we forget the essential message of God's love for us in Christ Jesus and that our love is to be for one another because of Christ's love for us. Because Christ loves me so dearly, I love you as a fellow believer in Jesus Christ. And that's why we say in the church we're brothers and sisters in Christ because we live in the age of smartphones, smart TVs, and we wonder What's going on in the world? And then we look at all the situations that are out there and we see a lack of love. Look at the political situation in our country. There's a lot of lack of love. Hate languages, calling people names, derogatory things spoken on both sides of the aisle. It's sad to see so much dissension in the political realm of our country. And then we wonder... What's the future of a nation? And why do people go in the direction that they go in? The political situation probably is not too good in our country at this time. And that's why we need to pray for God's love to be lived out. The coronavirus situation is also a situation where love failed to produce, as it should have, according to what we hear in the news. 
that as it started out in China, they didn't tell the world and they kept it hidden and it spread rapidly. And all of a sudden, it's crossed the nation and maybe coming could be an epidemic. The coronavirus is, could be serious because of a lack of concern and love. Or we heard in the news on Monday that Concordia University, the University of our Lutheran Church, closed its doors. And now the local TV channels are investigating. The Oregonian is investigating it. And it's interesting that probably we haven't been told the whole story, and maybe we'll never will quite ever hear the whole story either, because there's some of the things undercurrent, according to what the Oregonian is saying. And we're not sure exactly what happened. Why was all of a sudden a board of regions of a few handful of people voted to close a university with 1,500 students when they didn't try to work out a solution, even though, yes, they were in debt, but the money was supposedly going to be loaned to them. And so the story goes on, as you'll hear it coming out in the weeks, and the Oregonian and the, all the news channels are picking it up and, and talking about it. But it's not good for our church to experience that. But one of the professors wrote on Facebook, or on the website, one of the professors at the university, said one of the problems was it became too secularized, too fast, and it was adapting to the dominant culture rather than adapting and staying true to its founding. Who knows all the different things that are going on, but having worked there and been on the staff, I began to see some of that deterioration a few years ago. When we used to have the chapel full, so full, the original chapel in the Ed building, that we had to move to the St. Michael's Church, and students and faculty would go down to the chapel and or down to church of St. Michael's and fill the church with worship. And then it began to deteriorate to where they didn't need to go to the church St. Michael's anymore. And in recent years, there's only been a handful of students worshiping, going to, to chapel. What happened to the spiritual part? I don't know. As I was no longer on campus at the time. But it's interesting. One thing leads to another, and lack of love and not working things out causes problems. Just as problems occur in your life when there's a lack of love, maybe among family members or friends or in the church or wherever it may be. How things can transpire fast. It's interesting. A little side story on that. In the spring of 1894, which was back a long time ago, the Baltimore Orioles came to Boston to play a baseball game, which was supposed to be just a routine game. And as before the leagues were really formed, and before there were uh, major leagues like we have them today, but the Baltimore Orioles and the Boston team were going to play a game. The Orioles, John McCraw, who was known sometimes to be cantankerous, got on a fight at third base with the, th- with the Boston third baseman. And they started fighting, and sometimes you see this even today when both dugouts come running out and they fight each other, the players, well, that's what happened. All the players started fighting. The Orioles fighting against the Boston team. And then pretty soon it spread to the grandstand. And the bleachers in those days were just wooden bleachers and not a fancy sports 
stadiums like we have today. But it got from bad to worse, and somebody started a fire in the stands, and they all had to flee, and they ran out, and the, the ballpark burned to the ground. But that wasn't even the worst of it. The fire spread to over 107 other buildings in Boston, all from a lack of love, all from a fight that started at third base, all because two people couldn't get along for some reason or got angry at each other. And a fight broke out and spread to a major fire. And that's what happens when we lack love, when love is not there. When we fail to do what we read in Scripture today, when God tells us to love and care and reach out to one another. So the, abs- the solution is the cross and to go to the cross and why we have a cross on our altars and worship. The cross reminds us of the tremendous love that God showed to us in his son, Jesus Christ. That Jesus came to save us from our sins. He became a martyr, you see, just like Valentine was a martyr, but only for a few people, but Jesus was sentenced to death, too, for his belief, for his teaching, for who he was. But it's that death that saved you and me because he paid for our sins, for our failures, for our shortcomings, for our lack of love, for failing to be a valentine to one another, for failing to show love to each other. And then also on the altar today, you see the communion elements are there, prepared for us to receive his body and blood, given to us, miraculously, a mystery that we can take and participate in his presence, his real presence, as we call it. It's interesting to note that in the early centuries of the church, and we don't have too much information on it, except what we can read in the book of Acts, there were no church buildings, and so the people had to worship at homes. And what they had in their homes was they come to worship. They brought food, kind of like a potluck, and they brought food. And they had what they called an agape feast, agape for the, one of the Hebrew, uh, Greek words for love, a love feast. And they would have a meal of friendship and share the food and eat. And then they would have Holy Communion. They would take some of the bread and set it aside, some wine, and they would speak the words of God, Jesus over them, and they would share it and say, take and eat the body of Jesus. Take and drink the blood of Christ given for you. There was a spirit of harmony, a spirit of forgiveness and loving one another in those early church settings. But it became discontinued around the year 250 when the love feast kind of ceased and it just became the elements on the altar like we have today, some bread and some wine. Nothing wrong with that. and nothing. Uh, but it just happened that, that was a cultural shift and change. And, and that was because churches were starting to be built. Buildings were being built, and there wasn't the house church anymore. And people began to worship in a different format. Again, nothing wrong with that format. It's just that that's how things changed. But with the people were forgetting the essential element. When you come to the Lord's Supper today, there's a couple of things you do. You say, I believe in the real presence by being up here, that you believe Christ is present in that bread and wine. But you also acknowledge his love for you, that your sins are forgiven, and and that you are promising to live a life of love when you leave, leave here. 
That means love one another in the church, love one another in the neighborhood, in the family, in the world. You see, eventually, all of us are going to come to the end of life. And when we come to that end of life, are we going to be known as good lovers? What are we going to remember about who's, who's going to, what's the people going to remember about us and what we did in life? Because, see, the sun's going to set on all of us. The day comes when we will pass from this life to the next. And that's one of the joys we have as a Christian, to know that we're going to pass from this life to the next. But in this life, we are called to live a life of love, to be valentines, we might say, to each other. A symbol of love and friendship and joy and peace. Based on God's love for us in Christ Jesus. And so when we go out of here today, after you've taken the Lord's Supper, go out in love. To love one another. To love your family, your children, grandchildren, spouse, your neighbors. Because God loves you. You said it in the hymn before the sermon, Jesus loves me, this I know. Why? The Bible tells me so. That's right. Over 500 times the word love appears. And God is serious about love. And we can be thankful that God loves us so much, so much that he gave his only begotten son to pay for our sins. And then to leave us a meal that we can partake of the body and blood of Jesus Christ. How can that be? Well, it's a mystery, but it's, the Bible tells us, it's the truth. The real presence of Christ. So when you go out of here today, remember who you are. Someone whom God loved so much that he saved you from your sins. And he saved you so you can tell others the good news of God's love. Invite them to be a valentine too. God bless you in your journey as you walk in his ways. In Jesus' name, amen. And now with the peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds safe in Christ Jesus.